0: And welcome to the Jess and the Guest podcast. My name is Jess Hopkins, and I'm so excited you're listening to this. Like all low points in life, I started a podcast. But <laughs> so like a high points, I interview some of the best people I know, from former CIA agents to rappers, musicians, actors, actresses, comedians, and hell, even Tiger Kings. One of my first guests today is David Henry. He's incredible. We talk about his upcoming movie, Reagan, with Dennis Quaid, no big deal. (laughs) The Wizards of Waverly Place, uh, Shakira, Sylvester Stallone, Meeting the Pope, again, no big deal. Look, David and I are equally successful, okay? While he's doing all of that, I am quarantining in my sister's childhood bedroom because mine immediately became storage that's what happens when you're the least favorite child all right stay tuned I know it's really early but how is Reagan going like how it looks so amazing like just from what I've seen online about it like how is it
1: it's, it's going super well um they uh they've shot most of Dennis Quaid's stuff right now um I shoot in um uh, in February now I shoot in April so I have to play Reagan from like 17 to like mid 20s or something
0: oh my god so
1: Um, I have to, the funny, the really funny, awkward part is he was a lifeguard and that's not funny, but what is funny is what I'm going to have to wear because back (laughs) then they wore like these wrestling singlets and they're really tight and really small and very revealing. Um, So I'm going to have to diet and lose a lot of weight, look like a 17 year old. So I'm going to do like a six week, cleansing just you know weight loss crazy thing to try to look like a teenager oh my God. Uh, so that'll be you know, <laughs> hilarious but um, it, it's the, the film's going really well I've seen some footage Dennis is doing an incredible job yeah. and the producers are doing a really really good job keeping it um, authentic looking and professional and production value is great so um, I think everyone will be very impressed with with the film and especially with Dennis he's doing an incredible job yeah. playing it <laughs>
0: Is it hard playing a real life character plus also playing Dennis's version of the character? Like I'm a stand-up, so I don't know anything about acting, but I'm like, it, to me, it would seem hard to do. But-
1: That's a great question. It, it, you know, I think it, to add a third layer of difficulty, you also kind of want to make it your own. Yeah, You need to feel confident in the role. So you got to make it your own. You got to try to do Dennis's version of Reagan and try to do the real Reagan. Good news is Dennis is pretty much nailing Reagan perfectly. Yes. So- um, It's not, he didn't, he did make it his own, but he didn't make it his own to the degree that it's super different than than Reagan, Ronald Reagan himself. Yeah. So um, the advantage that I have, I think in my favor is that young Reagan and old Reagan, if you watch like early videos of Ronald Reagan and then you watch videos of Reagan when he was president, (laughs) they seem like very different guys because there's a, you know, 50, 60 year age gap. In between those two periods of time, so when he's older, he has a much, you know, his voice is raspier, the way he talks is slower, and it's more hoarse. the The way he spoke was different, and that's that's what Dennis Quaid's doing. When he was younger, the way he spoke and his confidence and how he's it, it's it's much snappier, whippier, um, very articulate. He was in his Hollywood days. He was touring or he was going around the United States giving speeches for companies. So he was incredibly articulate, incredibly witty, very fast. And when he got older, he just got a little slower and a little raspier, a little more hoarse. So there most certainly is um, an advantage I have in making it my own because he was very different when he was younger than in his older days. So I look forward to playing that um, character when he was uh, a lifeguard he was uh, uh, doing um, radio, uh, uh, sportscaster and uh, in his early Hollywood days. So it'll be, it'll be quite, um, quite exciting. And, and uh, the wonderful Bailey Madison is going to be playing a potential love interest when I was younger. All right. Um, so it'll be, to, it'll be fun to work with her again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an exciting time and I'm excited to yes, make it my own but I think it'll transition nicely to Dennis uh, when he he gets older.
0: Yeah. Do you remember your first time meeting Dennis and like what that was like?
1: Yeah. uh, We were at a a, a dinner and it was a charity function of sorts. And it was for Ronald Reagan. It was a Ronald Reagan charity function. And this was probably a year or two ago. And the producer... Walked me right up to him and goes, Dennis. This is who's playing you, young you in Reagan. And uh, his name's David Henry. I'm introduce you to. And he was like, he like looked me up and down. He was like, all right, yeah, I see it. I see it. And he like gave me the stare and really looked me up and down. Yeah. And I was like, Dennis Quaid just approved. I think Dennis Quaid uh, is, you know probably growing up one of my favorite actors. Yeah, me too. In some of my favorite films. And he is uh, was also my wife's childhood crush. Ooh, all right. So I was like, that's gotta earn me something, right? Yeah. Like if my <laughs> child, if, if I turn into your childhood crush in the movie, like Maria, you're gonna give me some bragging points there. Like this, <laughs> this I think, uh, I think, you know, there's, there's, I should get something out of this. I mean, I'm playing your childhood crush as a, as a younger person. So, yeah, that, that's pretty funny. When I, when my wife and I first met, you know, we did the thing when we are dating where it was like, who do you, you know, who's your celebrity crush? And yeah. what, you, know, oh, you yeah. just kind of see what kind of prototype oh, yeah. they have or what kind of type they have or whatever. Yeah. And um, she said, Dennis Quaid and Legolas from uh, Lord of the Rings. And I was like, wow, Great. two very different, <laughs> she's like, not even Orlando Bloom, Legolas. Yeah. Legolas, <laughs> you know, it's like two Great very answers. different ends of the spectrum, but uh, yeah, I get it.
0: So I know you started uh, in commercials when you were little. I'm hoping you did like any really funny commercials, but I'm sure they were very... <laughs> I don't know. Oh some
1: yeah. Answer. I did some <laughs> hilarious ones. You're going to, some of them are on YouTube. You should YouTube and, and cut it into here. Cause it's funny. Um, oh, oh, I would. <laughs> Henry Toaster Strudel. Ooh, okay. All right, I'll look it up. <laughs> Toaster Strudel. It was um, quite hilarious. And it was me like brushing my teeth using like a, a hairbrush toothbrush gadget that I pulled the trigger of this thing and it brushed my teeth and my hair at the same time. And yeah, that was quite embarrassing. But I, I, oh yeah, I did so many commercials as a kid. McDonald's, Burger King, Quaker Oats. Um, I did a handful of them and that kind of got me my start.
0: Yeah. Well, I couldn't get over too, is you started writing at such a young age, which like I can't convince people now, like I'm a TV writer. I can't convince them now that I'm like trying to do projects. I can't imagine at 17, like having that, like how did that come about and shadowing directors and...
1: It's a a good question. I had I got into the business in the first place when I was a little kid actor. Mm -hmm. And what kind of got me in the business was making little movies for my family, little skits and sketches and things and seeing them laugh and seeing them, you know, enjoy the things that I make. So I think I always had a creative impulse that was there that needed to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so when I got Wizards of Waverly Place, From day one, I was like, I want to write on this show so bad. Yeah. And they're like, well, if you want to write, you need to be treated. We're going to treat you like any other writer. So you need to submit a spec script of another sitcom. And I wrote a spec on two and a half men submitted it. They said, okay, all right, it's funny. We'll let you in the writer's room. And so they let me in the writer's room, which doesn't mean I'm going to officially be given an episode to write, but it means I'm in the room. And so... I got in the writer's room and then I started to participate. And so when you're in the writer's room, it's a big long table and there's, you know, maybe 10 writers and everyone is discussing episodes, plural or an episode. Mm -hmm. And along the way, everyone's pitching jokes going, oh, yeah, yeah, that situation would be funny. Oh, this situation would be funny. Or what if this character did this? Or what if this character did that? And those jokes would get used or not used. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the, the, the battleground by which a writer, a new writer will prove himself. Mm-hmm. And so I picked my moment. And I remember when I first got invited into the room and I sat there, I had a bunch of things I thought were kind of funny and I didn't say anything. I was like sitting, jonesing in my chair, like waiting for my moment to pitch a funny joke. And I remember it some. I don't remember the joke, but I, I had something that I thought was funny. And it had something to do with Max coming down the staircase, little brother in the show, coming down the staircase and he gets to the bottom of the staircase, says a punchline, turns around and goes right back up the staircase. And the joke was something it had something to do with that. Just comes down the staircase, says something ridiculous, turns around, goes right back up the staircase, and everyone laughed. And that was like my, my moment of like, okay, man, I said something funny, and you know, it was a huge tension tension moment for me. I swear I have in slow motion because. Yeah. <laughs> um, your first your first you know pitch if it's yeah. not funny that's yeah. a that's a that's a that's a big one and so i i continually would pitch things some of them work some of them not but i eventually was given an episode and proved myself and um yeah was the youngest i think still to this day i, I i'd have to check but uh, the youngest actor in disney channel history to write an episode or to be to write multiple episodes mm-hmm. on on a tv series so yeah i, I you know I was fortunate enough to be in a great situation but um yeah I had to go through the normal process I had to write a spec script I had to submit it I had to prove myself so it's incredible yeah. good for you
0: for working that hard too while acting and like I'm very impressed I don't know if oh, I would have been able you. to do
1: that especially well you're doing it right now what do you mean you're stand up you've got a podcast going you're doing yeah. you're, you're making it happen
0: slightly different but yeah sure <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> making it happen. All right, Jess and the guest listeners, as someone who is currently quarantining with their family, I've never needed therapy more in my life. I feel like everyone could use that. And luckily there's a place like betterhelp.com. Again, that's Better betterhelp.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and uh, Jess and the guest listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Jess and the guest. This will help you with everything. It puts you in touch with a licensed counselor within 48 hours, which dear God, we all need that (laughs) truly. So again, that's betterhelp.com slash Jess and the guest, and you'll get 10% off your first month. Yeah. So Wizards was such a great show. I know you had so many great guest stars. Like I couldn't get over Octavia Spencer, Shakira, that brock I was like looking it up like how did all these? do you have a favorite guest star or favorite like moment with a guest star or anything
1: that's a great question i it was like years later that octavia spencer blew up yeah i even had to go hold on is that the same girl from wizards like i had to <laughs> I had to look it up and, and make sure that that was the same person because she just went on a, a um very huge successful launch and is is an incredible talent and I'm not kidding you when she was on the show she was so good she was so good she committed fully it just goes to show you you know she was a working actress she it didn't matter if it was Disney Channel or if it was whatever the show would be she gave it her all and she treated it like this is the most important job I have and she loved the craft and she got to play this over the top, you know, maniacal cackling character. Some people shun sitcoms and things, but she embraced it. She went all the way and she crushed it. She did such <laughs> she gave it hundred percent. She gave an Oscar performance in, in, a, in, a, in a Disney sitcom. Yeah. And it, it, it was a big learning lesson for me because it's like, it doesn't matter what the platform is, as long as you love the craft and you give it your all, you're going to go places if you're talented, you know, you're going to, you're going to go places and it's going to happen. And she was so great to work Mm -hmm. with. She always showed up on time. She worked very hard. Um, she's great. And and also the rock as well. The rock. (laughs) He, he showed up, he knew his lines. He nailed his lines. He was professional. He was kind. He was cordial. He was a gentleman. Um, a lot of times you don't hear that on other Disney shows or on other, um, networks where you have a big celebrity come in a lot of times they just they want cue cards or they want they want they're not taking it very seriously. Yeah. Octavia, The Rock, Shakira, these people were all so so phenomenal and they they knew their lines and they were professional and they showed up on time and they looked you in the eye, they shook your hand. It was, it was really really cool. The Rock was a gentleman and I will always remember how gentlemanly he was. Wow. Um he he he, he, he you, you don't often get that with huge celebrities. And, and uh, he's, he yeah. was humble, oh. which is kind of cool.
0: It's so nice to hear, too, because, I don't know, I'm always afraid to meet like meet my heroes and then <laughs> worry they're going to be, I don't know, mean or something.
1: Oh, totally. That, that Another funny story of um, someone who wasn't on the show but visited was Stallone.
0: Oh, so cool. And, <laughs> no and big and deal. And another one who
1: was a, a hero of mine. I mean, growing yeah. up, you know, The Rock was my... Everything, uh, the uh, yeah. Stallone, was my everything, Rambo, Rocky, like, these are some of my favorite movies. And uh, he was laughing, like, my kids don't even know where Rocky is, but they he's my kids are your fans, so we need to, you know, that's why I'm here because my kids love you. And I he was the nicest guy in the world. He he told me he's like he heard I was writing on the show, and he's like, good, you know, you gotta you gotta take control of your career, and uh, you know, uh, m- m- direct. You need to direct too. You need to you need to own your career. And I loved that, like being entrepreneurial and really taking the taking the reins. And he was another one; it was just awesome and just a just a walking uh, walking bowl of inspiration. That guy, he he just encourages everyone to to be their best self. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we met some we met some really cool people on the show.
0: But did you get to dance with Shakira? <laughs>
1: Would oh, you- that's a great question. No, no, I did not oh. dance with Shakira. One of my biggest life regrets. I didn't dance with <laughs> Shakira,
0: Shakira. I guess it would be kind of awkward if you're like trying to be professional and be like, "Hey, listen,
1: uh, can we just?" Yeah, that it wouldn't it wouldn't be pretty for me. That's for sure.
0: Now, I know so many Disney stars become like huge pop stars at this point in your career. Will you do that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um i'm voting yes you know it, it, it's I, I can confidently say that it's not in the cards yeah okay You're not gonna say it's not in the cards i enjoy strumming a guitar i enjoy sitting around and you know playing a guitar and hanging out with everyone but no it's not in the cards for sure
0: so grown-ups too i loved your character in that too it was so funny you work with like incredible people. Like when I first met David Spade, I was like terrified. I couldn't read him. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, me? like how was, how was meeting like Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, David Spade, like all these heavyweights in comedy. I feel
1: like. Well, you know, David Spade is really funny because he grew up in Arizona and my family grew up in Arizona. And yep. so I remember when I had dinner with him, we were talking about Arizona and I brought up my family's name I'm not sure if he didn't like my 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 family because they went to like high school with him I'm not sure if like there were some issues there yeah <laughs> um, I couldn't read him but I had a lovely evening with him and uh Maria Shriver was there and Patrick Schwarzenegger we had a great we had a great dinner as four and uh he's a, he's a funny guy and yeah it was it was a it was a nice nice evening nothing bad to say super dry wit you know yeah. he he, he that, that's his kind of that's his kind of thing Chris Rock was hilarious he was like hey man um can my kids get a picture with you he came right up to me like and I'm like you're Chris Rock <laughs> you're a legend no I, I want a picture with you but yes they can have a picture too yeah <laughs> um he, he was he was so humble and so gracious like what, what a what a humble guy oh. and you know Adam sets that tone like when you get on one of his sets it's like Everything's family. Everything's taken care of. Like this is this is non-threatening atmosphere. It's it's very. Um, he, Adam is definitely Papa Bear, and he really does make everyone feel at ease, uh, comfortable. Kevin James, same thing. Kevin's Kevin is very much. Um, Kevin is very much a humble, relaxed guy creates that atmosphere as well that they, they, they create a non-threatening atmosphere there there's a there's an ease that is in the air that I think everyone um is inhaling uh still working very hard yeah. but there's a it's a very non-threatening atmosphere which is which is great
0: yeah did you take any directing tips from Adam like any like that for example did you want that for your set too or like any oh totally. did you learn anything? yeah
1: yeah but, totally making it feel like a family and making everyone feel included and in, doing extra things to make pe- people feel special yeah. you know <clears throat> adam had cigars around and food and stuff and he would always just there, there would be little special things to make the crew feel appreciated to make your cast feel appreciated it's um yeah he did it he did a great job at that and i i definitely want i brought that to to my experience in directing i, I definitely brought that sort of family atmosphere to the table.
0: All right, Jess and the guest listeners, if you're watching this on YouTube and statistically around 80% of you are, use the below coupon or links. It'll take you to fabletics.com. It's the only leggings I wear. It's different sets every month. It's two for 24, your first pair. That's insane. I can't get one pair for under 70 in Los Angeles. Um, this is great athletic wear. It's gym wear. We're in the middle of a pandemic, okay? Who's wearing dresses right now? Okay, you think I dress up like this normally? no use papaletics.com, use the links right below, link, subscribe, click. I don't, I mean, I can't wait to talk about this as a year. It's, I feel like it's such a hard process, writing and directing. Like, what was your writing process like? Like how, tell me everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it is so hard, to be honest. It's, um, it's, it's a tough, writing is tough in general. Um, writers if the movie's great, the director gets the credit. And if the movie's bad, the writer gets blamed. <laughs> yeah. um, so writers are in a tough position right off the get-go. Um, but my experience with writing and directing is, yeah, I knew the material really well. So I, I knew what I wanted and I injected that in, into the script when I was writing. But um, I think I love directing a bit more. Writing's, writing is a very tough process, and it can take a lot out of you. And it's it's uh, it's a process in which you have to keep grinding, it. and you can keep grinding it for a long time. And a lot of times, you're not getting paid for that. So you're you know you're you're putting sweat equity in, and you're begging people to read and give you notes. And then you have to you have to go through the process of which notes are good notes, which notes are bad notes, and who do I listen to and who do I not listen to. And it can you know years can go by, and then you still don't have a script. So it's a tough process. I I learned a ton, I'm really happy I did it. I learned a ton about story and story structure and um, what's important in a story. So I learned a ton, which I'm super happy about. And my directing experience on set, I learned a ton there too, uh, um, a tremendous amount. Uh, I definitely learned what kind of director I am on set, what, what I think my strengths are, what I think my weaknesses are and I'll take that to my next project for sure. I definitely learned a ton and I'm, yeah. I'm glad I did that. Uh, it, it was a it was a wonderful experience it really was. It was a typical indie what's the saying cut your teeth or whatever like it yeah. was it was a, it was something by which I really I was tried by fire yeah like every story you've heard of of a of a hard indie or getting a hard indie movie made we did it all like. <laughs> lightning storms happening wait while you're shooting and having to shut down figure out how to how to take three pages and make them one because you only have enough time to shoot one page stuff like that it was it was insane throw the shot list out the window just figure out how to make this scene happen and get the coverage that you need to where the story is still told yeah all all those things all those things it uh we we did it all we did it all it was very um very 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 educational
0: You had some really big scenes like the music scene, like the band performing. I was in my head, I was like, how do they do this? Like, just from a directing and like. Have you seen the
1: trailer for the film? Did you see that stuff in the trailer?
0: Oh, yeah. It was great. I love the music with it too. Like, it looks amazing. Ricky
1: didn't send you a link to the movie, did he? No, no, not yet. Okay. When it comes out, you'll have to see it. But yeah, yeah, no, it was, oh, yeah, it was tough. We had some scenes where we had hundreds of extras. And so to like, to wrangle that many people, I was really lucky that the extras were all teens. And yeah. so they were big fans of my TV show. So I would get on the megaphone and they liked it. And I would you know, joke around with them and stuff. So we were able to really wrangle people in the right way. But um, yeah, it was the, just the coordination of that many people. You had to really plan for it. We, we did. We planned a ton for that many people. So they were they were wonderful. Uh, they were wonderful to to work with out there in Alabama. We shot in Mobile, Alabama. Wow, and the town was great. The people were great. Uh, it was it was a uh, fantastic experience. So, yeah, you just got to plan for it, you know, and make sure you have a, a battle plan, and you work. You're working with competent people who have worked with that many extras before, and they know how to wrangle that many extras. Yeah. So, okay. it, it actually went pretty seamlessly. Um, they because there were they were unpaid extras. We just took care of their food, so they could leave whenever they want. Oh, okay. so. The reason you pay extras is because you want them to stay, but we couldn't afford that many people. So yeah. we knew people would come right off the bat, but mm-hmm. then would start leaving. So I planned all my shots to where the biggest shots were first. And so, you know, I knew I had one or two really big shots with big camera moves where you could see a lot of people. Yeah. So we, we planned it for that. So so when the most people were there, we got the biggest shots. And then as people left, my shots got smaller so it actually worked out really really well um and and you know thank god it 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 did because we were barely able to pull it off to where it it looks like a convincing music festival
0: oh yeah it looks great from the trailer i was like wow i'm so impressed (laughs) i'm very smart way to do it too but how was working with your brother too because so my brother's a comedian i don't know if we'll ever be able to i love him i don't know if we'll ever work together very well. (laughs) so i'm like i was so impressed that you guys worked together seamlessly it looked like like how was working with him
1: it was great, to be honest, I, um, I, oh, sorry. No, not yeah, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that, dropping <laughs> the phone, um, and having a break. Um, it, it was great to be honest. He, um, another part of, you know, making an indie movie is you don't, you don't have a lot of takes, you know, you don't, you don't have the luxury of, of sitting there and getting a million takes. So whoever your lead is, any of your, whoever, whatever actors you hire, they need to deliver on time quickly and they're not going to get 10 takes. You know, I mean, ideally with, we're on such a tight schedule, you only got maybe three takes. Yeah. So having a shorthand with my brother to where I know he could get it quickly and I could, I could speak to him a certain way that I knew he would get the note very quickly and be able to deliver what I needed. um, That was very good. And Hiring actors like Vanessa Morano and Jake short really trained actors who have been working in the business for a very long time was another blessing because they delivered and they delivered quickly. Yeah. They delivered, they delivered very fast and they nailed it because yeah, I mean, five, we we were three to five takes and that's all the time that we had. Yeah.
0: My God. I give you so much credit. Even just hearing that stresses me out. Like (laughs) I'd be like, yeah,
1: yeah. You you just plan for it. You know, you just got to plan for it. I think the, uh, the, the, you know, when you're planning your set, your your stand-up routine, like that's, you know, you gotta plan, you gotta plan for it, and really make sure you're 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 rocking it. And you know, it's just for me, planning was was key. Yeah, do you have a
0: favorite shot in the movie? I know you probably can't say too much, but
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I like there, there's an there's an ending shot where you know it's a big crowd shot, and it's one of the final shots. It's definitely one of my favorite ones um, in the film. It might be in the trailer where you see the the crowd. That's probably my favorite shot in the film.
0: Oh. And did you get any advice from any other directors before you started directing?
1: Yeah, actually Jeff Garland, um Jeff Garland really said to me, you know, uh, David, set a good tone on set. You're setting the tone and take your take your um take your work seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. And uh that was one of the first things I said in the first production meeting, like, you know, I want, I want us all to take our work seriously, but not take ourselves seriously. We're all people here. And at the end of the day, we're, we're quite privileged that we get to be making a movie. Yeah. Uh, something that's going to put a smile on people's faces We're, we're we, our business is art. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah
1: that, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. So the attitude of gratitude is uh, where I come from. And that's what, that's the tone I want to set for this set.
0: Yeah. And so I'm Catholic. I have to ask. So my family, like the Pope came to Philly, we decorated the whole outside of the house. For <laughs> it was like insane. How was that's did awesome? You, did you really meet the Pope? I have to hear this because it's the, one of the coolest things. Mm-hmm. I, I did hope. with
1: my yep. with Maria. And um, I'm Catholic as well. And yeah, so we we were having some miscarriages that were uh difficult for us. Yeah. And we really wanted to have a baby. Yeah. And we are doing all sorts of tests and things, nothing was working out. And I had a friend of mine who said, hey, I happen to be going to meet the Pope. Would you like to come come with me, you and your wife, and you can maybe get a blessing from him? And I was like, yeah, of course, we'd love to, love yeah. to meet the Pope. Like, who's not gonna want to meet the Pope? <laughs> and so we flew to Rome. <clears throat> I memorized this, this, this uh, question in Italian. Papa Francesco per piacere puoi pregare per me mia moglie per avere un bambino. Oh, my God. Which means just pray for us that we can have a baby, basically. Yeah. For uh, Francis, can you, yeah. Um, and so, sure enough, we go to meet him, and he comes right up to us. He looks us in the eye, shakes our hands, and I said the thing to him. And he put his hand on, on my shoulder, and he put his hand on my wife's shoulder, and he said, "He said, don't worry, you'll have a baby soon." And he, he gave us a special blessing to the two of us. He put our hands together, and his hand on top, and he held our hands like this and said a special blessing. He said, "Don't worry, you'll have a baby soon." And 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 that was it. He walked off. And I'm not kidding you. Nine months later, we had a baby.
0: Oh my God, that's insane! <laughs>
1: yeah. <How> cool. <laughs> Yeah. So, so my daughter's name is, uh, Pia Philomena Francesca
0: Aww.
1: after, you know, yeah. St. Francis that yeah. Francis. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Nine months later, we had a baby. So it uh, it, it worked out nicely for us.
0: Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Jess and the guest. Please like subscribe, you know, the drill. All right. Tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. And thank you again.